Welcome back. This is Shift 12 uh, with your favorite nurses for the Conscious Sedation Podcast. This is Tiffany. What up? This is Tasha. And this is Ryan. And we'll get started with shift number 12. This week, we're talking about addiction as a topic for uh, this shift. Uh, so first, we'll get started with hashtags from our last episode. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Uh, and that was our topic had to do with um, mental health. So this week, I'm going to go first. I was about talk- to say, God forbid, I go first. <laughs> <laughs> Before you steal it from us with your 17 hashtags like normal um so my uh hashtag is uh love and stethoscope (laughs) (laughs) from the last uh episode i thought that was pretty great hair look of course yeah that was pretty great credit Mm -hmm. let's all stay tuned let's stay tuned for the conscious sedation podcast merch yes (laughs) <laughs> registered TM copyright <laughs> right it's done that's, and it's hours is we finished or is we done okay that's right I'm gonna go and say my hashtag is hashtag ask for help because I feel like Ryan really drove that point home and it is important when talking about mental health and um, addressing your own needs sometimes you can't always do it by yourself so definitely ask for help what you got, yeah. Ryan? I have two today. Oh, oh, oh! I knew I needed to go first. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I don't have three like you did. I knew I needed to go second, and I limited myself to one, so. And, and for that, I am proud of you, because <laughs> I was getting kind of concerned. We were adding a new hashtag every week, and I just thought, Lord Jesus. Okay, <clears throat> so my hashtag, I have two. So the first one is... Um, Hashtag village, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, we talked a lot about how your your village is your biggest resource. And I think it was, I mean, very um, on time that that was my mindful moment. I didn't even think about how they, they were related to what we were talking about um, in terms of mental health and asking for help. But it was related. And then the second one is hashtag seasons change. And that was by oh. Tasha when she was sharing her very intimate, very personal and transparent um, story about how her seasons have changed and so I just have to um, I think I'll hang on to that little bit of hope when I'm having moments in the dark so a little glimmer of light there so that's my hashtag or my hashtags mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple <laughs> hashtags <laughs> hashtag hashtags <laughs> just like that not the z z u h yeah that's on the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so next up, we have our uh, mindful moments for the week. Uh, Ryan, do you want to get us started? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get us started. Um, my hashtags, I mean, not my hashtag, oh, Lord. My <laughs> ready moment for the third one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said ready for the third one. Mm-hmm. I only have one. So actually, I have none because I completely space the fact that we do a mindful moment every single day. <laughs> so I'm trying to pull one, you know, out of this afro. I'm going to pull one right on out. Um, my mindful moment this week <laughs> is, um, you know what? Actually, hey, my, my, I'm going to be mindful of this natural hair journey. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Out of my afro. I am truly mindful because anybody who has ever either transitioned or did the big chop, um, for all of our less than melanated listeners, the big <laughs> chop is when you cut all of your hair off that may have chemical on it um, to get back to your natural hair pattern. And so if you've ever done either of those or transitioned, um, meaning you allow the process or chemical hair to grow out, y'all know this ish ain't easy. And not only that, once you're natural, I mean, I've been natural for um, almost 12 years. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. yeah, and it's it never, it's always, it always changes. It's always fun and it's always a challenge and it's always a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm mindful of it because I love the fact that like when I went natural, it wasn't trendy. It wasn't something that everybody was doing. Um, and I'm, I love looking around a room or at the store and seeing more of black women with their natural hair and their natural state, some embracing it more than others, some working it more than others. Um, but it's a journey. And so I always am reminding, you know, my friends and family that it is a journey. Nobody gets their, how to maintain their texture overnight. So that's what I'm mindful of. See that? Pulled it right out of the Afro. Come through, <laughs> Afro. Come Good job. Good job. (laughs) Tasha? Um, This week, my mindful moment will be about making it another year in this life and on this side of the dirt. So, you know, like Drake, by the time you hear this, I will be turning 37. So, um, super grateful for being able to see another year and not just um, existing, but thriving in all areas of my life. And even if I'm not, I'm speaking that thing right on into existence. Um, so I'm just really grateful and mindful of what's to come. So yay. Happy birthday. Yes, thank you. Too. Uh-huh. I'll so, sing to you later. I won't. I won't let the people hear. You know, <laughs> our very intimate birthday mm, song. We'll share mm-hmm. later. Okay. We'll spare oh. all the glasses. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Um, my mindful moment actually has to do with uh, medications this week. Uh, I am mindful of big pharma actually. You know, writing the side effects and interactions like on the box, the outside of the box. Uh, (laughs) Hadn't bought allergy medications in a while. And as you know, this stuff has gotten quite expensive. Uh, Just gonna throw that out there. I was looking for coupons and everything. Um, But (laughs) as I was looking for stuff, I was just kind of looking at the labels and all that stuff. And then today I was having like these weird side effects after I took it, like, my ears felt full, and, like, my teeth were hurting, like, all this stuff, yeah, but, I mean, I went, and I looked, and apparently there are those rare 0.3% of us that can have this after taking medications, but I was just like, yay, Google, yay, or, uh, the box that tells you about this type of stuff, but, Check your labels, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, reading is fundamental. Mm-hmm. Um, but so listen, I found out, one of my girlfriends actually just this weekend um, told me that at some of the um, like wholesale stores, like Costco and Sam's, you can get like their store brand 
of whatever allergy medication that you take and you can get like 300 and some odd pills for like 12 bucks oh wow so like whereas i pay like i pay probably 19 dollars for like 28 mm. pills mm-hmm. and that's when you get four extra that's like the four, <laughs> four that's the four bonus pass. yeah <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna look into that because you're right they are you know so super expensive um yeah just so you don't have a post nasal drip that's not that's not fair craziness yeah, so I'm going to try the generic and see. Um, you let me know how you do. I will. <laughs> Maybe y'all can split. Y'all can go halfsies because who's taking 300 pills before the expiration date? See? Well, Group that's economics. That's a year. Well, that's a year of tablets. So if you have, you know, I, I tend to only have allergy, you know, symptoms in the spring and summer. Obviously, mm-hmm. sometimes to the fall, depending on the pollen count. So you're right. I would only take it during, I don't take it all year just because mm-hmm. I just take it, you know, when I'm symptomatic. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out to Costco. Shout <laughs> 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 Hashtag Costco. Y'all going to be in our little paragraph of the hashtag. <laughs> Endorsement deals. Um, hey, I'm, here mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. All of that. Any- all hashtag, all of that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next we got the uh, inbox report. So we got a question um, asking for each of us to give examples of how we've uh, transformed negative attitude and or behavior into uh, positive ones. And it can be work-related or life-related. Who would like to tackle this first? You want to go first, Tiff? Um, I can. Uh, so let's see. <laughs> Y'all funny. Uh, <laughs> no, you threw me under the bus. You threw me under the bus with that <laughs> mindful moment. You saw me like, oh my God, I forgot we have a mindful moment. <laughs> I was like, your face was so funny. I felt like the teacher that's like calling. I'm like, oh, Ryan. <laughs> and you was looking at your phone. I'm lying <laughs> under the desk like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So definitely, let's see. Examples of how I turned something negative into a positive. Um, kind of my journey with, uh, going back to school, uh, I was viewing it as something negative because I had, uh, waited so long because my, you know, you're in nursing school, you have these goals like, Hey, I'm going to go to the unit, be there for a year, Mm -hmm. go to grad school, be all done at 25. Which sounds good, um, but sometimes sometimes life happens and then uh, you don't do things kind of in the order that you thought was best. Um, so I kind of beat myself up over that for a while that I had waited so long. But now I've kind of turned that into a positive, just realizing that a lot of things happen um, at the time of their life, of your life when it's supposed to. So I feel like I'm in a good place now. Um School is starting. I'm surviving. So I think this is where I'm supposed to be. So that would be my example. Uh, that is a good one. <laughs> next. That that spoke to me a little bit <clears throat> with my struggle to complete grad school. So Because <laughs> it's that a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it is a struggle. Somebody told me. Oh, once you finish undergrad, I mean, graduate school is easy because you you choose to go. Like it's you don't feel obligated to go. Like you want to be there. Yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the lie detector determined that that was a lie. Mm-hmm. That's not how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, no, it's not easier. Um, but I can go next. Um, I turn a negative into a positive daily um, in my work and um, in my uh, local coalition uh, regarding breastfeeding. Uh, you know, black people, families in the United States have the lowest breastfeeding rates. And that is due in part to, um, well, I, I feel like two major reasons. The first is, um, you know, due to post-traumatic slave syndrome and all that black women had to endure with wet nursing and things like that. Um, the second is just negative attitudes. I think that post-traumatic slave syndrome really helped to um, foster negative attitudes about breastfeeding. And so I fight very hard every day um, against those negative attitudes. And unfortunately, the attitudes, the negative attitudes come on both parts. It comes from the black families um, who, you know, don't don't see breastfeeding as important as, as it is. And then it also, I fight against um, it on the provider side because a lot of um, studies have shown that a lot of nurses and physicians um, or, you know, midwives who are not of color don't think that black people are going to breastfeed. They don't think black mothers are going to breastfeed. And so they don't never even educate them about it. They never encourage them to do it. Um, they sabotage breastfeeding by introducing formula with or without the mother's consent. Um, and so I fight against that. I mean, I could talk every single day about that equity aspect. That's where I live. That's my love. Um, but I turn it into a positive every single day there. Every single day I am able to, um, touch somebody's life either with the education that I provide or physically touching them to help them to change that negative perception about breastfeeding and really understand how important it is and how much you should fight for that. Um, for your baby. And so that's all I have. Mm. So, um, well, I turn a negative into a positive um, in different situations in my life, mostly pertaining to personal goals. And so that could be financial goals or relationship goals or body image goals and anything that I um, tend to go automatically to a negative train of thought about like say budgeting oh I want to go shopping but I can't because I'm on a budget instead of looking at that as a negative I say you know I'm on a budget to afford myself the privilege to do something else that I want to do next time and just because I'm not like splurging or making an impulse buy right now doesn't mean that that's a punishment that's working to my benefit um Same thing with like exercise and eating properly, which is really difficult for most people because if it wasn't, everybody would be thin, (laughs) but certainly a challenge um, if you fall off and, you know, I have learned to exercise a lot of self-compassion and not beat myself up about those things and accept my body as it is right now, like as if it never changes, I can't um, be stuck in this place where I'm unhappy about what my body looks like or my reflection in the mirror. But at the same time, um, I take the thought that I can empower myself and get the body that I want and need. You know, I'm not powerless in that regard. So that's how I turn negatives into positives. And I try my very best to sprinkle that ish everywhere. So, yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Like the salt day. Right. So let's talk about, I don't know what kind of, um, witchcraft or sorcery 
that people who constantly eat well, I don't know what they take. Oh my goodness, I don't know how. Because there are a select few people who are like go hard, meal planners, don't eat this, don't eat that, eat so healthy, go to the gym. I would like to, can I get some of that? Can I get some of your wizard genie magic? Because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I dream a dream. That's all I'm saying. Right. And sometimes even if you see those people eat poorly, it's like a bite or two. Oh, and then I'm I'm just stuffed. <laughs> like what? I could have went in on this whole pizza. This whole they cake. Act like it's nasty. Like, bitch, this chocolate cake is clutch as fuck. Like you tripping it. <laughs> Indeed. And factual information. I'm just saying. I just had to add that on because I don't know. There are people, a couple, like 5% of people who can manage it. I don't know how. Never fall off. Well, there's also. How? I I said I have no idea. I thought you said I have an idea, but I was about to say, you know, they're outliers. So there's also 5% of people who's, you know, on my 600 pound life. So, you know, balance. (laughs) Something. So my mother has recently <laughs> introduced my children to my six hundred. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that show is a train wreck. You cannot they turn away. Damn, they are damn near addicted to it. They'd be like, speaking of addiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'd be like, "Mommy, you are not fat. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever say you're fat again." <laughs> that show is. That yeah. show is. Bad news. It's enlightening. Like, it's enlightening, though. Like, oh, I, it gives me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot watch it. I have They back. show like the actual surgery footage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cannot. I, all of the all of the smells and like it all come back. I <laughs> <laughs> the trigger. It's a trigger for you. It is. It is very much so. That's I. I turn it off. That's how I handle that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. There are lots of smells that go along with that, with being, with your 600 pound life. Lots and lots mm-hmm. of smells. Yes. Good God. Lots of lots, lots of stuff. Um. So, like I was saying, or, oh, oh, of course. So, the inbox report we just got done. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please email us. Please, please. Um, our email is get sedated. 705 at gmail.com. I need to have like a little song segment right there so I can sing about our okay. inbox. Okay. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna like do the song, Tiffany? Is it gonna be your your vocals? I'm playing, I hate singing. <laughs> that would be a disaster. <laughs> uh but anyway, moving right along. So next we've got uh the topic for this week, which is addiction. So we kind of want to start out kind of sharing kind of some different types of addictions. Some things are kind of more general that most people think of. And then there's some things that are a little bit more kind of outside of the box that you wouldn't think, oh, I'm addicted to that. So um, for the atypicals, Ryan, do you want to give a little info about atypical? Mm hmm. Yeah, so like, you know, people can be addicted to food or to shopping or to sex. Um, People can be addicted to drama. People can be addicted to fighting or, 
I mean, lots of different things. I know some people are addicted. I used to know somebody who, like, plucked her eyelashes out. Like, she probably had a little anxiety mixed in there, too, I would imagine. But, like, she was addicted. Like, she couldn't stop. So, like, lots of random um, addictions that are out there. Atypical. Tasha, you got any uh, other ones you'd like to add to our pile? Yeah, um, a big one for me that I recently noticed in fighting myself is um, tech addiction and addiction to my device. So if I'm somewhere, I like today I went to get a pedicure and I'm like, you know what, let me take a book instead of my phone. Um, so I'm not stuck in my phone. Usually if I go out to dinner, I leave my phone in a car or if I have friends or family over, I'll put my phone in the back room, like put it away from me just so I'm not even tempted. But I know a lot of people are addicted to their phones, their tablets, their this, their that. And you even see it with kids now. So right on in there would be with social media too. Huge addiction to social media. People just can't get enough. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning is roll over and check your Facebook or check, yeah. Right. And it's bad. I was like, a lot of times you don't even realize that you're doing it. Um, like, it's just a habit. Like, you'll just find yourself just scrolling. Like, your poor little thumb is just beat up. <laughs> right. Always scrolling. But... Arthritic. Yes. That's... Watch our generation. Can't nobody yeah. date thumb in, like, 30 years. Just stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, my fiancé and I, we've been talking about this. I kind of think this is a little bit of an addiction, too. Uh, it has to do with social media, but you know how people like to um, embellish their lives oh, on social yes. media mm-hmm. and uh, make things seem, you know, a little bit more beautiful or a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. Or, but I think it's kind of an addiction because it's like a way to it's pretend attention. you're it's somebody a, else. Yeah. Or, or it's attention-seeking behavior, you know, people who do what you just said, or people who always post the cliffhangers. You know, they have, you know what I'm talking, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like, they have the emotions on the status now on Facebook, and you could, oh, just feeling distraught. And then somebody, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? And everybody yeah. to get on there um, and be just like, praying you praying for you? Um, yeah, you know, like, come on, bro. Come you know on. the favorite one, the picture is just the IV. And oh, then they oh my God. <laughs> they want everybody to ask them what's wrong, where they yeah, at. With their, with their medical bracelet. Right. Yeah, so like, you like, just say bracelet. it. Or they'll check in. I've seen they will check in to the hospital. I and be mean, like, not the insane. night, not the way that's I wanted to spend my night. Shut up. That's the most <laughs> annoying thing to me, if that medical bracelet or the IV. <laughs> like, because my thing is, if you're really sick... You're not going to be thinking about sitting up, taking a picture and posting it on Facebook or social media, wherever mm-hmm. you are, if you're really sick. Mm-hmm. So if you can post a picture, listen. And it's one thing to post it and, like, give some details, like, hey, guys, this happened to me last night, whatever, I'm doing all right, I'm I'm grateful, yada, yada. But to just post the these old cryptic ASS messages, <laughs> you're like, please go have a seat somewhere. I, you need a hug or some more attention or whatever, but it is annoying. That probably is an addiction because I can think of, I know we all probably can think of two or three people on our timeline. We can go to their page right now. And they have several of those either beautifying their life, faking 
like they have this glamorous life. Catch them in the grocery store. You don't even know who they are. Like, baby, is it? <laughs> or they're the attention seekers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sick. Or one day, feeling distraught. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is probably an addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about kind of some more of the more common addictions that more people think of? Um, I know everybody thinks of, like, drugs and alcohol and those types of things. Any other Things like that that you guys can uh, think of. Um, Definitely prescription medication. Nicotine. We talked about that last shift. Yeah, nicotine. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar. Sugar Ooh. is one of the most addictive substances on the planet. I'm pretty sure everybody has a sugar addiction because sugar it's is in secretly in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to see what else. That is like along the drugs and alcohol line because there's plenty of things out there, of course, like the vaping that's like a big thing now. Um, some people think that there's a marijuana addiction. I don't know how I feel about that, but <clears throat> you know, traditional type stuff that people go to treatment for. <laughs> and you know, that just really reminds me of you know, when we think about um, like anorexia and bulimia. That is an addiction, you know, in terms of especially bulimic, you know, people who suffer from that, they are addicted to binge eating and then vomiting. It's an addiction. And then those who are anorexic are addicted to calorie counting and uh, carb counting and extreme exercise and looking at the scale to weigh themselves. That is an addiction. (laughs) What would you say, Tosh? Laxatives. Oh, yeah. Laxatives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's an addiction. I mean, that's that's definitely an addiction. I think those are all some good examples. Um, so I was looking up the definition of addiction and it pretty much, it can apply to anything once you read it. So it's like a compulsive physiologic need for or the use of a habit forming substance. Um, and the key characteristics are um, tolerance or also uh, physiologic withdrawal. If that, um, the addictive substance is gone. So you could, even if, like, <laughs> if anybody's ever tried to do, like, a Facebook fast or something, something like that, and you really legit have difficulty, like, yeah. if you try to give it up for Lent, you know, you find yourself, like, trying to reach for the phone and it's not there, and you're wondering, like, what's going on and things like this. Like, these are all, those are all kind of uh, signs and symptoms of that. As funny as it is to joke about like people these are really things that we uh have some addictive behaviors with mm-hmm. and that reminds me of um gambling too we forgot oh, that one yes the big one. Oh my gambling. how how did i forget about gambling some people are um huge going to the casino some people are just huge with like buying you know lottery tickets and playing the powerball or whatever so and it doesn't even stop there. I mean, there's off-track betting, there's bingo, there's side betting. Like, you know, people just have to bet something at card games and... Neighborhood. You got the neighborhood ticket. The running, <laughs> running numbers. numbers. Running Listen, numbers, my yeah. daddy mama used to run the numbers. She was the number lady. I was about to say, I feel like my grandmother used to. My dad's mom maybe used to run the numbers or had something to do with it. Girl, that's so funny. But now, listen, I can get into some bingo now. <laughs> like bingo. 
I have one in Vegas, like almost a thousand dollars playing bingo, and it was right after I bought the house, and I was house P O O R, and so as soon as I hit, I took all of that cash and put it right in my suitcase. I was like, "You going home with me?" Because right. I'm not a huge gambler at all. I don't find entertainment in losing large sums of money. Um, and the house, the the favor is always in the eyes of the house. <clears throat> oh, of course. So, uh-huh. Eyes are always uh-huh, for the house. Right. So that's what we're going to do next time we go out, Tasha. We're going to go okay. bingo. Cool. I'm ready. <laughs> Tiff, you come. Tiffany, you'll be studying. We don't want to distract you with our nonsense. So we're going to. We'll save you a blotter. I got to split it three right. ways. We'll save you a blotter. We'll save you a blotter. <laughs> we'll play a board for you. How about that? I said we'll save her a blotter. personality that you have and the type of addiction that you have because of what you talked about there being a physical dependence sometimes you can't just stop cold turkey like some people um, would say do oh I just quit you know well if you're an alcoholic you can't just quit you could die or you know if you're a heroin addict or anything like that you can have some serious withdrawal symptoms um, that make you feel really really bad um, from seizures to death or whatever So if you have a a substance addiction, then you should probably seek uh, medical attention first, and then they will map out a plan of care for you that way. If you have um, a food addiction or a technology addiction or whatever, you you definitely definitely, definitely can can talk to somebody, a therapist or whatever, about how to replace that addiction with a healthy habit or even um, create some boundaries for yourself. So like maybe... Say, you know what, I'm only going to look at my phone or be on my phone 30 minutes a day. Or, you know what I'm saying? Instead of doing that, I'm going to go for a walk or whatever. And I know, like, for you to have you had said um, earlier about people giving up stuff for Lent, I have done the Facebook fast, and I've done it for 40 days and 40 nights. And I felt like um, unplugged at first, but unplugged in a good way and almost cleansed, which is why I kind of welcome going on vacation, especially if my phone doesn't work because I don't feel chained to that phone. I don't feel a responsibility to keep checking. You know what I'm saying? It's just that whole thing. So it's kind of, you got to have some mental fortitude to break yourself out of certain habits and you got to be ready. Everybody is, you know, not always ready when you are. If you have a food addiction and your weight's out of control, it doesn't help um, you telling a person every day that they need to get healthy. They need to get fit. They need to, like, they look at themselves in the mirror. They put their pants on every day. They know what's going on, you know. So I think you should, as a family member or support person, be just that. Be supportive and um, find out where you can help that's actually going to be productive for that that member or the loved one who's dealing or battling addiction. Mm-hmm. I have um, a couple different ideas. One being, so like in terms of 
chemical dependency or like substance abuse. I really cannot understand like when I see young people like our age in their 30s or younger like on heroin or like smoking crack like because we know full well mm-hmm. what the implications of that is we know one I mean almost 100% of the time you're going to develop an addiction to those you know high end um, high end drugs so I mean definitely caution don't do drugs like that's crazy that's that's the first way the second way is you know we all have um, genes that can determine if you are an addictive personality or not. And so some of those things, you can look down your your history and see, do you have a a family history of addiction? You know, if you do, that is a clue. (laughs) There's a clue for you right there that you probably shouldn't, you know, tangle with some of those things that have the potential to cause you to be addicted to them. Um, Because the likelihood is, it's great that you would become addicted. So do all things in moderation, even if you don't have a history or a known history of addiction. Do everything in moderation. I mean, we talked about sugar. That's a perfect example. You know, it's okay to have something sweet here and there. Or like you just mentioned, Tasha, you know, in terms of the phone or do it in moderation. Be conscious of the fact that you have your phone or you're, you know, choosing to look at your phone versus looking at your date across the table or, you know, just be, be do those things in moderation. Um, And then I will also, of course, because, again, I'm a perinatal nurse, I'll speak to um, addictions and pregnancy and the terrible implications that that can totally have on you as a pregnant woman and your health while you're pregnant. And also, of course, the your unborn child and then your your baby once the baby is born. I mean, you know, Tasha, we see Mm -hmm. um, babies, you know, going through withdrawals all of the time. It is the hardest thing I think I have ever had to watch Mm -hmm. is a baby going through withdrawals from a choice that it didn't make. And so I, I my, you know, go get help if you're pregnant. As soon as you find out that you're pregnant, if you have an addiction, there are so many resources out there for pregnant women who um, are battling addiction. Um, go get help. There's free, lots of free resources for you um, because they, you know, people understand the implications that it can have, the effects that it can have on your baby. And so um, people are willing to help you. I think the, you guys brought up some really great uh, points. I think the only thing that I would add to kind of what to do, I think it is sometimes helpful if you can find someone that is uh, kind of on a similar journey as you. I know a lot of times with, um, like they have like the Alcoholics Anonymous and they have um, different groups and things like that where you can, as you're trying to, you know, change things within your life, you're around people that are also doing the same thing or have, you know, um, been successful for a a great deal of time. Now, everybody's different. I mean, some people like to be more private with things like this or um, something like that, but it's uh, just an option uh, of something to look into. Also, we didn't really touch a whole lot about uh, smoking. Uh, I know we did mention nicotine, but smoking is a um, really, really addictive um, habit. And a lot of times for people, they can try multiple times um, to stop smoking and still have problems um, being successful quitting. And it's it's one of those things where you and a lot of people like to say, um, 
well, like, I'm going to die or something anyway. Like, you know, this is, you know, how I choose um, to do that. But um, it's one of those things where it's, if you're able to stop or able to at least start to get on the track to even just reduce um, what you are currently smoking, just reduce that a little bit kind of with the help of some of like the step medications and things like that. Like something is better than continuing, (laughs) continuing down that path. Uh, That's a a terrible way um, to kind of end, end your life and things like that. But, uh, and it's one of those things like, I, I feel like it kind of growing in popularity. Like you see the commercials where they're like, attacking like the nicotine companies and things like that and I, I I was like that makes me feel good but you know there's always like ulterior motives with anything so mm-hmm. it's like well what are they going to push next mm-hmm. if, if we're trying to get rid of nicotine what's mm-hmm. next and I feel like hookah and things like that are kind of like the next the next wave to kind of keep that industry going if cigarettes were to ever die out which I don't know that they would but that's mm-hmm. kind of my thoughts about that um, and that's, that's global, you know, like, um, the tobacco industry is globally huge, <laughs> pardon me. And so, you know, if they can't, unfortunately, um, obviously in vulnerable populations take the hardest hit. And if they can't continue to push nicotine and tobacco on Americans, then they're just going to push it harder in, you know, third world and developing countries which is unfortunate, you know, but that's what's going to happen. So you're exactly right, Tiffany. What's next? I mean, even if it's not for us directly, it's a global issue. Nicotine is certainly a global issue. Um, So we kind of talked about, like, the different types of addiction. We kind of talked about what to do um, kind of regarding addictions that you may have. Um, This next little part, I would like to kind of share, like, a little bit of kind of personal stuff if we feel like – talking about like addiction or how like they related to us within our personal lives. Um, so I guess I would start off. Um, so, um, in my personal life, I've just been kind of just leery of certain things. I know there's a history of like alcoholism within my family. So, uh, when I went to college, I kind of wild out a little bit with alcohol, but I was always super scared to become, uh, addicted to it. I've just, Within my family, we've had, like, people pass away kind of due to um, lots of drinking and lots of, on kind of both sides, just different things happen um, related to drinking. So it's kind of something that I've been mindful of within my whole life to not, I don't know, I always just was so scared that something was going to happen. Kind of like how Ryan was talking about how you have kind of the genetic predisposition for certain things, even if, like, and some people say it's like uh, you can take the first drink and then you're just hooked from there. And for mm-hmm. some people, that is what happens, but for other people, not so much. So that's kind of something that um, I was a little bit um, scared to indulge in uh, in my life. And now I'll drink, but it's usually just within moderation just because I still have like that. I don't want to kind of head down that slippery slope. Um And then as far as with my own personal life, my addiction to electronics is pretty bad. Um, I I try to do like fasts and things like that from my devices. And sometimes I'll be successful. But like Tasha said, sometimes 
when you are able to get off of them, you just feel like a um, like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. Like you don't feel overwhelmed with like all of the information and like the bad news and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So it is um, a good thing to do. I feel like every once in a while, and I'll try to work on my uh, moderation with that again. Maybe <laughs> be my goal of the week. Um, who would like to share next? <laughs> Um, I'll go next. I um, obviously we're family, <laughs> but um, you didn't on, know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Tiffany is my cousin, so we um, have the same grandmother, and this is our maternal grandmother. So we um, have a history of alcoholism in our family, like Tiff said, and um, I also have an addiction component on my father's side as well, and. I don't know how much of it is like an addiction of the time where my dad grew up in the 70s and, you know, 60s. And that's kind of just what they did. They wild out. They experimented and things like that. I don't know his full story because our relationship is um, marred a little bit, but a lot of it actually. But um, I'm kind of like you, Tiff. Like I've never experimented with drugs. I have drank, but I've never... um, felt like I needed that to cope and until very recently I've been like a drinker maybe two to three times a year and this is when I was on vacation or for New Year's Eve or things like that and so I was just one of those people that it was just never ever attractive to me and like Ryan said we are in a generation where we saw the fruit of that addiction and how it turns people's lives upside down and not just the person it affects every single person that's connected to that um, addict in every way and not just in some ways so I definitely have that link in my family and I'm very cognizant of different things and so um, as far as like illegal substances or things like that of course that hasn't been my issue thank God Um, my issue has been more of a food addiction and I feel like most addictions come from somewhere, especially within our generation, you don't just pop up and be like, you know what? I'm about to go snort me a line of Coke today. Um, I don't think that it works. like (laughs) I don't think it works like that. I think that, um, people turn to substances and things like that as a means of coping. And so my way of coping with any emotion that I felt was to eat, And so growing up and going through college and things like that, I was very overweight and I had to rein that in and decide that my life um, and the quality of my life could be better and that I was on a track to be um, chronically ill, which is a terrible way to live to me. And that's something that I can totally control. So, I mean, that's my experience with addiction. Thankfully, I've not had friends experience any substance abuse or addiction or anything like that but I've certainly seen it go through my family and it's very difficult to watch and the scars are things that I'm still you know working through today and you know my family members absence or times where they should have been there but they wasn't and they couldn't be there because of their addiction Mm -hmm. I, too, um, on my father's side, I have, um, I always say I have a drinking gene (laughs) (laughs) because I certainly, um, I would say, am at a higher risk than somebody else for becoming an alcoholic. And so uh, even though, listen, y'all know I love my wine now, I drink, 
but I am also very careful like you, Tiffany. I'm very cautious of, okay, have I had a drink every day this week? Or am I, <laughs> like, let me pull back. And I'm very, very cautious of that, very conscientious of that. Um, and also, um, I have always just had this crazy fear. Like, I mean, I have never, like, illegal drugs have never... Um, been something it's never been something that I felt like oh I want to try that like when x was real popular that was right in the hype of like my 20s right in the midst of my college years people were popping it I've sat right next to people who popped x and like had no desire to do it but most of that is because thank god for it I have this fear that the one time I try something my damn heart's gonna explode yeah (laughs) like I'll be the one in the er with my they pumping my heart gotta call my mama and tell them you know what I'm saying? Like, so I have just never, just, I feel like the luck I have, let me store a line of Coke, I'm going to die. Like, I'm, it's, it's not going to work for me. So that's a good fear to have. Um, because not, it's not even necessarily the addiction fear. Um, it's the, it's this fear that I'm going to, I'm going to die. And I don't want that. So I've never um, had, I have though, um, when I was about 19, and it's probably because I could, I started buying, like, um, lottery tickets just because I could do it. And so (laughs) for about a year, I was, like, going to buy lottery tickets every single day. And so, like, every morning I'd, like, go to the, the gas station, get my lottery tickets, like, every single morning. Sound like a little old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would be in line with old ladies and old men. Yeah, picking their numbers. I, I didn't play the numbers, but, like, I, you know, I would just get lottery tickets. And I started, like, you know, at first you test it out. You get, like, the dollar tickets. And then you think, ooh, let me try to $5 ticket. I was spending, when I calculated how much money I was spending, I said, I have to stop. Because this is a waste of my money. Because you get excited because you win. Mm-hmm. And then you think, ooh, well, I won $30 on a $1 ticket. Well, let me just go ahead and play some of this back. Let me go now. I'm going to go get five tickets now. So like you, but then you lose, you know what I'm saying? So like you end up, you feel like you're winning, but when you think about when you compare your wins to your losses, you're really spending money on this addiction. And so I had to really pull back. So for about a year, it was a little less than a year. I mean, I would, I could pretty much say I might've been addicted to lottery tickets to like gambling, which is kind of insane because I was super young. I didn't even know that you could be addicted. And then I started seeing the same people in the gas station all the time. Right? They're now. like, hey, girl. Yeah, like the, like the person at the desk, like she knew people's names. Like, you want your usual? Right, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I'm a, such a terrible, like, addict type. Because I could go to a casino and spend 20 bucks in five minutes and be like, okay, well, that was fun, but not really. And then I've gone to a gas station like, okay, I'm going to play the lotto today. This Powerball is at like $800 million. Let me see. And so I'll go in and I'm so cheap. Like I've had situations where it'd be like, okay, that'll be $4.99. I'm like, $5? About, about playing the lotto. Or I would just be picking some scratch-offs or whatever because I'm so ridiculous. 
and retarded. I'm like, uh, let me have one of those. And oh, that one looks like it might be fun. Let me get one of those. And uh, let me have one of those too. And they're like, okay, your total is fifty dollars. I'm like, oh, mm -mm. clutches pearls. Oh my, for some lottery tickets, for some scratch offs. Yeah, I'm straight on all of those. Where the two dollar ones? Let me get one of those, and I'm gonna be good. And but see, just, you were doing yeah. it wrong. You, you're I know. In your favor when you do more of the same type of ticket. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you get one of these and one of those, you got to get like a couple of these and a couple of those because the odds are more in your favor if you that's get more of the same type. Money. That's yeah, take your money. I see. I don't do it anymore. Okay, I don't. I don't do <laughs> no judgments on. I'm recovering. No nope. recovering. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket, <laughs> addict, it's okay. Right. <laughs> that makes me chuckle. I've never bought a ticket, so I would have to take you guys with me just to figure Girl, out. Girl, don't take me. I don't know what I'm doing. Never bought one. Uh uh. I've been to a casino, but I was kind of like Tasha. I had spent, I think, about twenty five dollars, and I was like, man, this is. I mm -hmm. I would like my money back that mm -hmm. I have placed in the machine because mm -hmm. I'm upset now that I didn't I didn't even win like a dollar so right. no but I never bought a scratch off ticket so that I was like hmm. I've seen them but I've never never bought one and see I'm one um, that'll be up at a casino five bucks and be like I'm cashing out and I will cash out and watch everybody else play promise I I just am not a gambler at all. That's why they give you free drinks at the casino because mm -mm. they think you get you drunk, but you keep giving it up. Then I'm not a drinker, so <laughs> they just can't get me. Mm -mm. I'm both, but I take my hundred dollars in, One and I don't even take my ATM card or my credit card. I leave everything. I take my hundred dollar cash in, and once it's gone, so am I. I might <laughs> stay in for the drinks though. <laughs> drink though. Uh, so that kind of wraps up kind of what we had to talk about for addiction so now we'll kind of each share like our nursing notes kind of our little bit of tidbits of advice for you guys our listeners out there whom we love and adore um, so who would like to do the first nurse's note I will not call on anyone I'll go <laughs> I volunteer myself as tribute I volunteer as tribute <laughs> excuse me we were just talking about this postnatal drip y'all gonna have to forgive me yeah they throats though <laughs> I mean really I'm so sorry so um my nursing note is actually just kind of what I was talking about um addictions are expensive and so, you know, I, I, you know, challenge everybody who feels like they might have might have an addiction or um, and this goes for devices. Um, you know, if you always having to re up and get the newest whatever for your, you know, your technology, um, if you um, are a food addict, if you obviously if you have a chemical um, dependency, like if you're like me, if you're addicted to gambling or addicted to the lottery. Um, calculate, you know, cigarettes, whatever, calculate how much you spend in a week or in a month or whatever <laughs> a period of time you would like to use, calculate how much you spend on that stuff. And then think about, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how much you, what else you could be doing with that money and let that be a motivator to you, um, to, 
to figure out a way to get help or support. If that's going to see a counselor, if that's going to AA, if that's, um, or, you know, whatever anonymous you need to go to, if that's just backing off, you know, sometimes you can just quit, you know, and just stop doing it. Like I was able to do with the lottery. Um, and I just, you know, I challenge everybody to look at how much you spend on that stuff because, (laughs) because time is money. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds familiar. Really? We could be doing a lot. What'd you say? That sounds familiar. Because time is money. (laughs) We could be doing a lot. Um, you know, with the money that we spend on the things that we are addicted to. Or if it's not money, if it's time. You know, like, you know, Tiff, you talked about sometimes you feel like you're addicted to technology or to, you know, I don't know if you mentioned social media in particular, but um, you're spending a lot of time, you know, looking at social media, looking at this, doing this on your phone, texting somebody. That's a lot of time. So what else could you be doing? You know, time yourself. How long do you spend on Facebook in the morning when you first roll over and you think, gosh, I'm always running late. I don't ever have time. Well, how much time did you lay in the bed on Facebook? You know, you could have read a book or you could have preached into the choir here. <laughs> Even though I'm not usually on Facebook, I'm usually just laying there. But still, that's time that I could be spending when I'm saying I don't have time to read a book or time to write in my journal or whatever. I could be using that quiet time to do those things. So it doesn't have to be money. Um it could be time that you're wasting. And so I challenge everybody to look at that and, and let that motivate you to make a change. Make a change. Michael Jackson. Hey, that was in the last one too. Make that change. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and go with my nurse's note. Um, the first thing I think and the biggest um, combat to addiction would be in my opinion, is having effective coping mechanisms. Because a lot of times if you have avoided the gene or or the genetic um, affinity to, to abusing some sort of um, substance or whatever, there can be things that happen. I, I did say affinity, <laughs> not propensity. <laughs> um, but there, there could be something that happens in your life that kind of throws you off your square. And you end up doing things that you never thought that you would do, like using drugs or drinking or things like that. So I think it's important um, just day to day to make sure that you have effective coping mechanisms in place to help you get through this thing that we call life. Because it can be very difficult at times and there there are times where you want to escape and there's escapes that are just um, destructive to you, your health, your well-being and your family. Um, also I would say, um, practice some self-compassion during your recovery and understand that relapse is part of recovery. And I think that most places will tell you that if you're in treatment, you can't expect to get it right the first time. Some people do, but most people don't. And relapse is just part of it. And so, you know, with family members and things like that, understand that as well. If your family member, your loved one is trying, um, give them some grace and give them some room to try and get it right. And think about how hard it is for you to change yourself, you know, without any kind of chemical dependence or anything like that. And then try and put yourself in their shoes. Because, um, again, I don't think anybody wakes up and decides that they just want to be a drug abusing, you know, hurtful person, non-productive member of society. So those are my nurse's notes. Just have some compassion, self-compassion too. Um, and let's help each other. Awesome. 
So I'll wrap it up with mine. Um, so my my first little part here is going to be just to start small. Um, kind of no matter where your addiction is or what it is, um, kind of that first, that small part is just realizing that it's a problem and then kind of going from there. So give yourself kind of small goals if possible. If you need to just kind of, for starters, just research like a rehab facility or kind of share with someone kind of what's going on. Or if it's something that's more easily managed, like like Brian was saying, like kind of start and kind of time yourself. See how much time you're wasting kind of doing a particular activity that you're trying to change. Um, and then kind of progress and kind of stair step from there. Um, I did want to kind of, like what Tasha was saying, I had said to be forgiving um, to yourself and to your family members and to just not be judgmental. Uh, we never know what it's like to live in someone else's life, uh, to go through things that they go through. Um, so a lot of times when we kind of throw around the word addiction, people kind of give that kind of judging side eye, like, uh, you know, what are you addicted to and why and kind of what made you this way. But just, just remember that, um, everybody's different and people have different ways of coping with things and, um, we all have to help each other out. So, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to add one little corner on there. Mm-hmm. Um, to the, the family members, be forgiving, um, but don't enable. And so there's a difference. And sometimes you can be forgiving from afar. If, you know, sometimes when people have addictions, in partic- you know, particularly when they have um, chemical dependencies, um, they can burn their bridges. They can do some jacked up stuff. And so sometimes you have to set boundaries you can love a person, you can have, be forgiving of them, you can be compassionate or what have you, um, but set those boundaries. Do not enable a person who is showing signs. Uh, you know, you can help them to find resources, but still set those boundaries. Don't enable, because I think a lot of family members are enablers. They are a big part of the problem a lot of times because they enable. That's true. Definitely true. Uh, so now time for my little part of the show where I say language lag. Yay. Yes. <laughs> that was dry. It's late. <laughs> that was dry. It's late. <laughs> it's all good. We forgive you. <laughs> uh, thank you. So this week we got one of my personal favorite words, uh, propofol and kind of some ways that people mispronounce it. Uh, first, first, tell us what propofol is. So, a lot of people refer to propofol as that medication that killed Michael Jackson, which is true. But used correctly, it is a wonderful sedative drug that will put you out, and you will wake up and have no recollection of what happened. So, it's a great drug when used correctly. We're talking about in surgery, people not on your dates with your partner. We're talking about, right. we're talking about in surgery. Or okay. not just to get a good night's rest. Is is yeah, it's not one yes. of those. Yeah, it's exactly. a paralytic agent, meaning it <laughs> it makes you go in a deep, deep sleep. Yeah, it needs to be supervised. Mm-hmm. Yes. So right. people jack it up, right? What do they, they say? Do. So I have heard uh, thaw. <laughs> I have heard propofone i have heard uh what was the other one propofol with a yes propofol there's no t anywhere that made me feel like sylvester (laughs) (laughs) propofol 
propofol yes. people wouldn't know. So, <laughs> the correct way to say it is propofol. And it just kind of rolls off of your tongue pretty smoothly with the P's and the F's. Mm-hmm. Can you spell it so that they can hear how it's spelled? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't spell right Sometimes now. Sometimes <laughs> F's and THs get mixed up when you say it. Propofol sounds a lot like propofol. It is P-R-O-P-O-F-O-L. There you go. So propofol. F is in Frank. Propofol. <laughs> No TH Mm-mm. anywhere. Hold the TH. So stop saying it wrong, please. Mm-hmm. No, please you guys are you. welcome. Right. You, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> Hashtag, you're welcome. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now is it time for... Boom, 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 boom. next week too. Like what you say? I said what are we talking about next week? Next week we are talking about drum roll please. Is it work life balance think? I think we're talking yeah. about work life balance cuz a lot of y'all don't have it. So we're going to talk about how to get it. And before we go, I will give you all of our handles again, just in case you forgot. So if you want to send us emails, hit us up at getsedated705 at gmail.com. <laughs> also, follow us on Instagram, conscious underscore sedation. And Facebook and Twitter is getsedated705 as well. Like us, subscribe, follow us. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. And if you haven't listened to the old stuff, go back. Go back. Hashtag boom. Mm, Bam. All right, y'all. It's been real. Thanks for listening.